GameStop is not worth $500. It's not worth $400. not worth $300. not worth $200. not even worth $100. not even worth $50. I don't know what the hell it's worth. I'm just saying, from my experience, this will end in tears. Somebody has to go to jail for this. This is intentional market manipulation. What is the right thing to do to control this or stop this? Not unlike what we saw on January 6th at the Capitol, right? How is it that we are allowing this country hedge funds to short stocks than to get up on CNN or Fox Business and say to the American people, go sell, go sell, go sell, and to make billions of dollars while 50% of Americans aren't even in the stock market and their wages are stagnating. If you're new here, this is uh, Finkelstein and Finkelstein. It's a father-son podcast about politics. I'm Russ Finkelstein. My dad's name is Norman. Say hi to the folks, Dad. Hi. He's he's snacking. No, I'm done. Today we're going to be covering GameStop or GameStonk and the subreddit and Robinhood and... Uh, calls for regulation, and joining us to help sort of parse out what the hell is going on. We're joined by senior reporter and analyst at Refinitiv, covering finance and infrastructure, one Nick Stone, as well as Reuters chief fintech correspondent, Anna Herrera. Thanks for joining us, guys. Welcome to Finkelstein and Finkelstein. Hey, thanks. Thanks, Finkelsteins. Thank you. There's this group of people on Reddit that was interested in targeting uh, a certain certain subset of stocks. Um, tell us if if you could why they're interested in these stocks in particular, and what it is about these stocks that uh, made them sort of easy targets. So these were stocks that hadn't been doing well either because of the pandemic or just in general for a while. And on top of it, there were these were stocks where hedge funds were taking positions against them. So essentially, they were betting that the price would go down, and and that's called shorting. Um, so when a company is heavily shorted, it probably means the price might end up going down, and it means so that the value of the company will go down. And if you're a company trying to survive that, that's not ideal, right? Um, so in this case, what what the redditors did was, was saying, let's take the opposite view. Let's all go and buy the shares of and shares, and so the sh- price will go up, right? And that means that on the other end, the hedge funds lose their bet. Very simply, right? So you might have heard squeeze, and you just need to understand that you know, on one hand, you have guys that are you know very rich Wall Street hedge funds betting that something will go down, and on the other hand, you have like the online mobs betting that it will go up. So it was two opposite positions. Yeah, and the the advent of the online mob to sort of counterbalance the force of the hedge funds is, I guess that's what's like relatively new about this. But just in general, what sort of an impact does shorting have on the these companies, like in this case, GameStop, GameStop or AMC or some of the others? So it, it tends not to be great, right? Because if you if you are an investor and you see all these, you know professional investors saying that a company is overvalued or saying that the company's shares should be worth less, you're, you might be like, oh, why why am I owning the shares if, if these very informed people think that it will go down? So you might also decide to sell them. And so this ends up meaning that the company has essentially less money, right? It's worth less and will have less money. So it might not be 
great news for the company. So I, I, in some cases, it's actually healthy to have shorting, right? You have some companies that maybe might be hiding something or, you know, the, the common assumption is that they're great. But in reality, if you look at the numbers more carefully or you speak to people, you find that, you know, they should be worth, they might be hiding something and they shouldn't be worth all that. So, you know, shorts are kind of like, in some cases, contrarians. I guess I'll jump in here, Rusty, because there's there's uh, kind of where the, the genesis of this whole GameStop thing um, came about around 100, 150 odd days ago on one of the subreddits, Wall Street Bets. And there was this theory going around that was being talked about that GameStop uh, was one of these companies that was seeing a lot of shorts. So when Anna says, you know, shorting is healthy, that's like correct. It's kind of an important part, of, you know, to keep equilibrium in the market. But this uh, original poster on, on the Wall Street Bets uh, forum found out that the, well, and it's all publicly available information actually, but saw that the float of shorts against the GameStop company was actually more than the number of shares there, there were on the market. Um, you know, which immediately kind of raises <laughs> a concern or, you know, red flags. But, um, you know, and he, he made a pretty solid case that, you know, GameStop could see a, a turnaround in the future, that they just had a big investment from one of the uh, guys that started Chewy. And, you know, there was a case for GameStop perhaps being, a uh, you know, being turned around in, in some regard. But actually, the move... The, the 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 trade and the move became more than just a trade and a move right it kind of started picking up steam and started becoming something that was more than just you know making money on a particular deal right yeah and i, I find this actually this part of the story i find to be what was that that was the door that was my door okay <laughs> i find this part of the story to be particularly interesting because i think a lot of people who work in finance or cover finance or pay attention to it sort of have this assumption that everyone is everyone is and should be uh in the in the um stock market for like sort of cold calculated reasons that have to do with making money but it seems like a big part of what happened on reddit and in the subreddit in particular was that it turned into like a sort of form of activism some people are calling it market manipulation but i find that to be really fascinating some of the posts and things that you that you were reading where people saying people of our generation have been through so much financial crisis, they're they're not actually trying to make a bunch of money. They were really after just trying to take down these hedge funds. Can I, can I, I, I obviously I can't be in everybody's head, but I I also think part of there might be part of that, but I also think we cannot not factor in the fact that people are stuck at home or bored and have a little bit more disposable income that they might be using instead of like using to go out that night or going out for dinner, you know, they're just essentially like betting online and it doesn't have to be, it's like a game, right? It doesn't have to be necessarily like, I'm not saying it in a negative kind of way or a judgy kind of way. I'm just saying it's the way it is. Like, you know, online trading has skyrocketed this year on platforms like Robinhood because more people are at home and don't know what to do. And it's a fun thing to do. You know, you're, you're betting and you see the money. Of course. Anna, you tweeted out the other day uh, a clip of Carol Baskin talking about right. something called Dogecoin, which I had never heard of Dogecoin before. But I, I, as most Americans do, I love Carol Baskin and believe everything she says. So <laughs> I spent $100 on Dogecoin, I guess on whatever, Wednesday. I woke up at you know in the morning. My money had doubled. I had, I had $225 and I sold it. And... 
So, so I guess when, when we're talking about things like market manipulation, I think so much cetera, of it is like is is people are trying to read it as a like this is Occupy Wall Street 3.0 or whatever. I think a lot of it is just viral meme culture and people having fun, like because like why would anyone in their right mind take financial advice from Carol Baskin? You know that like it's just fun and you know that if someone who's an influencer because she kind of is says something, more people will do it and then the price will go up. Like I don't I mean did you do it because you think like that a coin called uh, look, Dodge I know nothing yeah. So so I know nothing about Dogecoin or Dodgecoin. Or I mean, it's called it's Dodge, right? Dodge. Yeah, yeah, I will say the other day I was talking to a friend of mine who's an 11 year old. Uh, <laughs> my friend Sam Stepson, I saw him in the park the other day and I was telling him, I'm like, oh, yeah, I made like one hundred and twenty dollars off of something called Dogecoin. And and he was like, oh, the the meme. Yeah. Cause- and I was like, yeah, I don't know. Something uh, Carol Baskin told me about it on Twitter. And so I bought it. Um, is there something wrong about that? Because no. I guess this is this is the sort of question about. No. Now there's no. these calls for regulation. You know, I just saw Elizabeth Warren put out like a letter to the SEC asking them to investigate this subreddit. And in my mind, I'm like, what have they done that's wrong? So, so there's there's, you know, there's different things. Like, first of all, Dogecoin is in like a security. So it's slightly different. There's no company behind it who's, you know, you, you might impact by investing. You're just having fun. Right. But obviously, like if everybody decides or like, you know, if so, if Carol Baskin had decided to say it, so then she could buy Dogecoin before everyone else and then sell it and dump it on people, then that might be a bit weird if she was trying to make lots of money. So in the idea isn't there is it isn't necessarily bad, but there might be something not ideal with influencers, you know, promoting investments that might not be great or even illegal at times. Like if they have conflicts of interest, like if she's, if she doesn't have any conflict of interest when she's promoting it, then it's fine. Uh, but if she, meaning she's not for herself, like exactly, holding or if they're time. paying her to promote it, like, you know, there's, there, it's, it's actual, you know, there's actual rules around this, but they all only pertain to, to securities, right? Like there's rules that the SEC has about financial promotion and what assets you, in what way, like, you know, it's, it's regulated so that people don't take advantage of consumers essentially. So it's not like morally disgusting that you're having fun with like a fake internet money, right? But, but you know, it, it might be a bit less fun if someone takes the advice and loses a lot of money on it because they thought that she knew what she was talking about from a financial okay i'm just gonna read here from the 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 manifesto that was posted in the subreddit it says for decades wall street was manipulating securities getting away with it and blaming it on others through the media bullshit target prices naked short selling and other forms of manipulation mentioned here and there's a hyperlink um, Citadel and many other MMs were talking about market manipulators here, got away with their dirty tactics to make a shitload of money and screw people over. They finally got caught in their own game and tried everything to turn it around. But shit run didn't work. The media didn't work. More aggressive selling didn't work. Now they're calling through some random crooks for regulation. So, I, I, I mean, I it's hard for me not to be sympathetic to people who are saying... Yeah, but you know what? You know, like, to me, the... the main thing about all of this is that there's so much confusion and misinformation and it's kind of like this like basically just represents the world we're in like you know 
they're throwing around terms like they mentioned Citadel. People are were buying stocks on Robinhood. Robinhood directs orders to Citadel. So Citadel made money from all of this. So like there's a lot of, you know, again, misinformation. So it's and, you know, financial companies did make money because of this. This It wasn't really a takedown of Wall Street. And it's, it, it, right, you know, right. It's it. understood. Yeah. But I think, you know, going back to the point, uh, Russ, about kind of these these day traders and this political kind of um, situation that I guess we found ourselves in now is that the yes, there were people uh, kind of sitting at home bored and, and downloading apps and using stimulus checks. Maybe, you know, there are people like that. But I think the biggest story is that when the pandemic hit, the government basically came out and said, yeah, we'll backstop, you know, <laughs> investments, loans, whatever. We've got infinite amount of money, basically. So don't worry, go about your business. And then on Main Street, what you have is, you know, obviously no one can go about their business. You know, you can't have indoor dining in New York City at the moment. Uh, You know, loads of things are closed down all over the place. But the difference between the kind of, you know, the Wall Street economy and Main Street economy is just wildly huge at the moment. And I think part of the political movement at this, this whole Robin Hood thing was like, fuck that. I'm not putting up with that shit anymore because... You know, I've seen the government come in and, you know, backstop kind of investors. And and the stock market went bananas last year. Let's not, I mean, the the kind of disconnect between, you know, the the, the man on the street and the stock market. I agree with you, Nick. Like, the reality of the world is very different from what the stock market is doing. But in essence, you know, people's credit scores have gone up this year. So, you know, it because of stimulus checks and, and, you know, for loan forbearance, the sort of impact on people's financial wellness hasn't really happened yet. So we might be in for like a sort of debt, you know, hangover, like a really strong one. But for now, people have actually been putting more money aside, which is really weird and counter to the reality of things. I'm not saying like everybody's doing great, not at all. But in reality, like people are actually saving more, which is on aggregate, which is crazy. And part of it is just because stuff isn't due yet. And then when it becomes due, then it it will be tragic. But I I do agree. Obviously, there's an anti like establishment sentiment, but that that has been going on forever. I mean, I I think that like part of the reason why the story resonates so much across the political spectrum, like, while what you're saying might be true in general, Anna, you you still have like in this country like massive food lines. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that was there people, before. People Russ, who haven't, Russ, people haven't have not recovered from the crisis before. It's not necessarily COVID. Yeah. Like what I'm saying was, I was more being like pointing out the weirdness of the world now, where like you know you would be expecting credit scores to crash. The reality is like that's not shown yet. But I feel like you know the big inequality has been there since 2008, right? Nothing's, nothing's yeah, absolutely. it's not cr- dipped even more now, which was what you would have assumed in March when all of this happened. And it might, it might, because, you know, they can't get forbearance forever and you can't get stimulus checks forever. And, and it, it, you know, people won't get all rehired all at once. But I, I'm just saying, you know, I feel like this big anti, you know, Wall Street sentiment, this big rage and big, I guess people might be feeling upset with with what's going on in the world has been there for like years, for for 10 years, 12 years, 15 years since the other crisis. Like that wasn't solved before. Right. Absolutely. I I totally agree with that. And I also think that um, maybe what's changed is you're talking about the wealthiest and most powerful people and companies in the world raking in money during this time. Yeah. Right. Right. So maybe maybe. 
let's take a step back here. I mean, one of the one of the hedge funds, Melvin Capital, that 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 took a, a huge short position and you know pretty much got wiped out by this whole scenario, has thirty or forty employees or something, and GameStop employs fourteen thousand people, right? And we're saying as a society that it's okay that those thirty odd people can run an, a company into the ground. And yeah, maybe that, that is the right thing to do. But I mean, the way it kind of got a little bit out of hand, I think that arced people up, right? It kind of got that Reddit crowd upset and it it allowed them to kind of coalesce together to actually, you know, do something about but, that but situation. But do you think the influencers on TikTok who were saying we're going to buy GameStop, who then drove more people to buy it, really understood the dynamics behind it, that a 30-person hedge fund was taking down a company or was it just like oh we hate rich people and and like and also like it's a cool thing everybody's doing it like i think there was a bit of both i i, I... Right, but i think that's any any issue right i mean you have people that think about things in a in a very uh, blank way like bernie sanders tweet the other day you know the business model of wall street is fraud then you have people that you know have a little bit more of a sophistication when they they'll deal with it look into it more i mean if there's someone at home that's like fuck wall street what do i do to do that buy a game stock shop uh, stock go for it like that's my kind of way to participate in that is that everyone's no there are other people that are trying to make loads of money there are other people that are you know just having fun because they're bored i don't know but like i think you know the <laughs> The, the effects of what's happening, though, are definitely being felt. And, you know, people are obviously kind of trying to figure out how, how that gets stopped. And if you look at the, the next round of stimulus checks that are going to hit the, 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 the market, then you look at the amount of retail investors we've got now, that's a sizable chunk of capital, like to the tune of tens of billions of dollars that like retail investors can now, in a way, you know, they're, they're the size of a hedge fund. So if you have them coalescing around one movement, they can actually have an impact in the market. And I, you know, that's something that shouldn't be kind of dismissed. And whoever leads that chat, if it's a guy on Wall Street Bets or if it's Elon Musk tweeting, I mean, I was watching uh, uh, Alexandria Casio cortezs Twitch stream about this the other night and everyone commenting was commenting Doge, Dogecoin, right? And, and maybe people watching that will just pile into Dogecoin. I'm not sure what moves people into yeah, but, but, investment. But, but like, what is, I'm but hoping what they is, pile in. Pile what, in, I'm everyone, sorry, please. But what is the financial <laughs> sentiment behind? I think we're conflating like internet culture. Like, what is the financial sentiment or like social justice sentiment behind Dogecoin? It's not even Bitcoin. Like, Bitcoin has some like values behind it. The like, I'm not saying one is better than the other, but like behind Bitcoin, there's people who believe it's another financial system and it's created exactly for a moment like this when you're worried that the price of the dollar will go down and there'll be like inflation, blah, blah, blah. But but Dogecoin is just like, it's a mem coin, right? So like, what is the, are we going to, who are they going to fuck over by buying Dogecoin? Like, is there a- uh, Yeah, I agree with, look, Anna, Anna, here's what I think. There's definitely like a, a glee, right? Like a joy, a bliss in feeling like the world pretty much sucks ass. There's no hope in the immediate future that things are going to get better, especially for our generation that just doesn't have um, any sort of like wealth accumulated compared to previous generations in this country. And yeah, like are there people with uh, profit motives and incentives trying to pump up Dogecoin and and is that sort of severed from the social justice justice aspect of the the other stocks like uh, GameStop and AMC and Nokia and BlackBerry? Like, yeah, sure. But I, I just want to read from the um, subreddit a post that I think sort of gets at 
the emotional resonance that 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 the that the, the not the Doge coins and the other sort of more grifty elements of of this phenomenon, but the original sort of ethos of it. Uh, who knows, obviously, if this is real because it's posted from a anonymous user, but it says. Uh, this is for you, Dad. I remember when the housing collapse sent a torpedo through my family. My father's concrete company collapsed almost overnight. My father lost his home. My uncle lost his home. I remember my brother helping my father count pocket change on our kitchen table. That was all the money he had left in the world. While this was happening in my home, I saw hedge funders literally drinking champagne as they looked down on the Occupy Wall Street protesters. I will never forget that. My father never recovered from that blow. He fell deeper and deeper into alcoholism and exists now as a shell of his former self, waiting for death. This is all the money I have, and I'd rather lose it all than give them what they need to destroy me. Taking money from me won't hurt me because I don't, have val uh, because I don't value it at all. I'll burn it all down just to spite them. This is for you, Dad. And again, I don't, I, like, I'm not saying that the majority of the people who are causing the, the price to go surging and all that are expressing this sentiment, but I think that that is the sort of like, you could call it activism, you could call it nihilism, whatever it is, that is that seems to be new in terms of financial markets. Am I wrong? I, I, I don't know. I I feel like there has been this sort of sentiment-driven investing for a while, and that's what's also behind some cryptocurrencies, right? Is the idea that you know that Bitcoin came after the crisis, right? And it was a way to you know say we want something that can't be touched by governments and, and is separate. So I, I, I think the difference is that now you have you have platforms that let you buy stocks easily as if it were a game and it's simple and it's kind of addictive and it's fun. And on top of it, you have like an explosion of social media even more than before. You have more influencer culture and you have more younger people, young people that, that can take. I'm not saying that like the... I'm not trying to look belittle at all. Like I don't want to sound like sort of the the Wall Street or establishment person, which you know I, I'm not at all. But I'm I'm thinking it's a mix. And of course, there's like this unhappiness and a sense of bigot social injustice, you know. That but then there's also the fun element of it. And I think we shouldn't try to you know conflate the two too much. We shouldn't try because obviously like believing that it's a sort of revolution where people are finally realizing the injustice that is going on and what's happening to them is a nice story to tell and to believe and it's sort of like a happy hollywood ending you know like crowd takes down a hedge fund but i also think part of it is just fun you know it's a fun thing to do and people got together and they realized that they could do something together and they had an app and, and they and and they did it and it was fun. And also like if I want to be totally I, I I'm I'm gonna say this and I don't think either way. I'm just being a journalist and it's my job to be, you know, skeptical. Like people could say, hey, how do we know that the guy on Reddit actually that's actually his story. It was it was he might have just bought a bunch of GameStop stock for himself. He decided to write a sappy story to convince people and get them riled up because there's this general sense of, you know, social injustice, which has led to populism all over the world. Um, and, and he just wanted to make money for himself. So he just and just tried to get people to, to buy the stock that he had already invested in. Like you could you could think yeah. that like I, I'm not saying either way, like and I'm, I, you know, it's not of like course, to yeah. take a side or to, I'm just trying to think critically about all sides and with a rational head and not one that is the story that everybody would like to hear, right? 
Maybe there's like value in trolling these days. Like Dogecoin's value is, <laughs> it comes about because of just trolls. Exactly, and exactly. It's such a troll, <laughs> Invest right? in that, you know? Right, like Evan. Right. What do you, Dad, what do you make of all of this? Who, me? You're asking me? Um, yeah, you, the, <laughs> my dad. I, I think, uh, look, everybody likes the underdog. I think these kids, uh, you know, are getting a, a lot of... Uh, a lot of support around the country because because of what they've done. They did take down a hedge fund, and um, but it, don't, it also had major impact on the market. The market in general yesterday was down because of all this uh, unsurety. People are, you know, the market doesn't like um, unknowns, and and this is a big unknown and a big concern for the future, not just for the hedge funds, but for all stock. I mean, market manipulation is against the law for a reason. Um, yeah, but I, d I mean, doesn't it um, say something about the moment that we're in that seemingly a good amount of these people, I mean, myself included, right? Like I bought Do Dogecoin because I thought it'd be funny. The other night I bought uh, uh, $50 worth of AMC because I saw someone on Twitter say like, I don't really understand the stock market, but I like movies and I want to be able to see movies when this pandemic's over. And that's why I'm buying these AMC shares. I don't even care if I lose all my money. And I was like, yeah, I, yeah, I, you know what? I agree with that. And I bought $50 of AMC. Like, doesn't it um, say something about the moment that we're in, that there's all these people that are able to um, potentially, as you're putting it, manipulate the markets by not really giving a damn about whether they lose their money? Yeah, exactly. It's it's the, um, you know, that Wall Street uh that whole protest that went on, they, what did they ever accomplish? Nothing. Look what look what's happened. Well, they got a lot of, there's a lot of the policy points that are currently being discussed, inclu including in this same issue. But but look what happened, look what happened from this. This this brought about quick, sure. uh, you know, yeah. results, and the whole world is talking about this. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. What What is the next, what is next on the horizon for this issue? Because you see a lot of these people... Um, for example, New York hedge fund billionaire Leon Cooperman, who went on CNBC and said, People are sitting at home, getting the checks from the government, basically trading for no commissions and no interest rates. And then he went on to make an argument about how rhetoric that talks about, quote unquote, a fair share is bullshit. Right now, President Biden is tackling the easy things. All of us want to get the virus behind us, right? So anything he does to battle the virus is universally welcome. When he starts talking about raising tax on capital gains, raising tax on ordinary income, and he, in a recent speech, he's talked about fair share. I hate that expression with a passion. What does fair share mean? And this fair share is a bullshit concept. It's just a way of attacking wealthy people. And, you know, I think it's inappropriate. We all got to work together and pull together. Uh, that, you know, that, that, that sort of... Um I think that that sort of rhetoric and language is like unifying for people all over the country who yeah. are disgusted by the hypocrisy and the greed yeah. uh, and and people now calling for uh, let alone these checks that people that people need um, regulation of Robin Hood or re regulation of the subreddit or regulation of the stock market in general. So I mean, Anna, so maybe you this, could just parse yeah, out like what's yeah. the difference between like, what normal, like the normal state of affairs and so what actually, constitutes I, I, So I don't know what, yeah, it, it's very, it's it's not simple, right? You know, like there aren't that many cases of 
price manipulation or stock manipulation that the SEC brings and wins, right? So it's it's a very like right. It's it's just an easy word to throw out there, and and I think that in essence, I don't know how much can be done. And I think when people and there's all there was a lot of discussion about Robinhood mainly because at some point they stopped offering trading in these shares and people got upset. Um, and they started saying, oh, they're doing it on purpose because they're directing orders to Citadel and Citadel owns, owns hedge fund. At one point I saw a tweet, someone claiming that Citadel had like had its own hedge funds bet against the people and then or like take the position that basically make money off of normal people. It's just it's it's in some cases it's very boring technical stuff. And then it just gets conflated into like tweets and, and it, it, nothing makes any sense anymore. Like the, the, what might actually happen, I think, is is Robinhood will get a lot more scrutiny. And it's not because they stopped the trading necessarily. That that might have brought them more eyes. But, you know, they are actually already in, being investigated by by the state of Massachusetts because, you know, they have seen an explosion of trading. They, they offer, you know, options which are derivatives, which are a bit more risky. And there are concerns that that by, you know, making it so easy for people to invest, they might take up very, very, you know, risky positions. So there might be more scrutiny of Robinhood, but but not necessarily what people are expecting, right? And so that might even get conflated and saying, look, they're getting investigated because of what happened. But what is the difference fundamentally? I mean, look, what Robinhood did in terms of limiting the buying, the ability for its users to buy these stocks, like that to me seems and sounds like, just dic- like the dictionary definition of like monop- what um, manipulation no. is. I'm but, not, I'm not they, a lawyer. I'm not a finance expert. What but happened, right? Which is a very boring. I'm not. It doesn't. So basically, what happened? And when you talk, start talking about this, people's like eyes glaze over. But what happened was they didn't have enough money to com- because the volume of the trades was so high. And for the trades to actually be completed, you need to have money set aside as a deposit to make sure that you as an entity aren't too risky or else the clearinghouse will not clear the trade, right? Because they the, the volume exploded so much, like it was just a cra- crazy, they had to have 10 times more money than they normally have. And so they were worried that they, that's what they said, but you know, they were worried that they yeah, weren't- Do you buy that? Sorry? Do you buy that? I, I don't know. What I, what I think for sure is that someone should ask you know, why it, are you a fast growing uh, stock stock broker who, you know, is kind of like, you know, in the eye of this growth in retail trading, not anticipating that something like this more, might happen. If you want to make retail trading viral, then you should expect a viral moment like this and you should have enough money. Right. But in reality, they right. are a startup, right? And they and and yeah. they they have been raising like crazy this year because they need to have so much money. Like as a broker, what do you need? You need great tech. And you need a lot of money, you know, and mm-hmm. and throughout the whole year, they've had to raise more money, tap their credit lines, because clearly they were growing too fast. For They had too much volume for how much money they had and they, their tech keeps crashing. So the questions I think they might get are like, are you growing too fast and not like in a sustainable way so that you can guarantee that your platform is safe for your investors? But this, I, I essentially, I realize it's very boring. Strays. It's not like a word like Robin Hood is trying to fuck us over. It's like a boring like financial markets, market structure discussion. And I don't know if it's going to translate yeah. into but, like. But didn't they? Didn't they just stop buying? Um, they were allowing selling. And and that looks one sided to me. That looks like it was a, intended to allow the hedge funds out. Um, Right, and and that's and t- that just has the, the the look of impropriety to me. 
And to their excuse, that, to, what, to what Anna was saying, I mean, like you, like you said, they've been tapping credit lines all year. The guy went on, the, the, the CEO went on CNBC the other night and, you know, was bragging about being number one in the App Store. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a bit hard to believe that the number one company in the App Store doesn't have access to money, first of all. Second of I all, think they just, it the just hedge went funds... To, I, I think it might just have gone too fast and they just it was just a question of being organized. But again, it's not a justification. Like, if you're a financial but, company, but also, you secondly, be ready for that, right? Like, Perhaps that's what a right and I'd say right. Right, and then the, the hedge funds stepped in, but who did they help? They helped the other hedge funds. So there is money in the market, right? And there would be money for for Robin Hood, but instead of stepping in to kind of backstop that platform and allowing this kind of whatever you want to call it uh, movement to go on, the the hedge fund stepped in and helped out the other hedge fund, right? Yeah. So I mean, it's it's kind of interesting because there is money in in the market, and 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 I guess moving forward, the political questions, it's like, okay, who's who's gonna who's gonna decide what went right and what went wrong here, and and I guess that I that'll kind I, of just I've been covering them for a while, right? And and you know they they have had issues that are not similar to this, but that have are in this vein, right? They've had lots of crashes right. over the past year, which you'd you'd think you know is are they growing too fast and their tech is not solid enough to have all this kind of volume, right? That's a legitimate question. Mm. That might, like, that's what raised uh, concerns with some regulators, right? And I think it's mm. also part of the, you know, Silicon Valley culture of move fast and break things, growth at all costs. You're growing very fast and that might not translate well in finance, but the reality is they keep growing, they keep getting users, even when they're crashing and the users can't get out and, and they keep getting money from investors. So, you know, it, I, I think like they came into the eye of the storm when a lot of people didn't know the company, a lot of people didn't know them. So they're conflating a lot of issues. Again, I'm playing devil's advocate here because that's kind of like my job. I could, you know, point out both sides. But, you know, there might be, you know, the, the point might be, is it OK that you you're, you don't have money in a situation like this and you can't get get it sorted out quickly so that you don't have to end yeah, up doing was... that and people might lose money? Like, that's the question, right? It might not be some grand right. scheme. Like, I don't know if there's a grand scheme to help hedge funds or not hedge. It might just be a question of not being organized because everything is going too fast, right? Which doesn't make yeah, it I good. I think um, Chris Cuomo, friend of the show, uh, had had um, the CEO of, of Robinhood on his show this week, and he nailed his ass to the wall. I saw you on another channel. They were saying, so is it a liquidity issue? So Robinhood didn't have the money to control the flow. And you said, no, 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 it's not the issue. We don't have a liquidity issue. Well, if you don't have a liquidity issue, but you say you're stopping the trading because you couldn't meet certain capital requirements, how does that reconcile with itself? Well, we feel pretty good about the situation. And, you know, we, we did this preemptively, right? We had to, we were looking at the deposit requirements. Uh, we were looking at uh, the operational requirements. So we did this proactively and we feel good about uh, being able to re-enable these things. And, uh, we definitely want to make sure customers understand when we impose restrictions, when we lift them. Um, ultimately, brokers have to impose these types of restrictions because um, the capital requirements can change. And we're in unprecedented times. And the financial system operates in very technical ways with regard to settlement and money movement. And there's no way around that. It's just the reality I hear of our you. business. I hear what your rationale is. But again, now we're going to be watching this story because you have political forces I've never seen aligned before uh, who want to make sure that the big guy is not finding a way to get over on the little guy. 
uh, because the country, I think, has just about had it with that. So they're looking to IPO. So by saying we don't have enough money, that's not a great sign for the IPO. It's just, I feel like, I mean, I don't know. I, I, but also that would be illegal, right? I think, you know, as part of the yeah, exactly. agreements with the SEC, well, they probably yeah, have to this have is what I think that this is what the SEC is going to hone in on. In fact, Ro Khanna, who's been, you know, con- Democratic congressman from California, he's been very uh, vocal on this issue. And he responded, he, he replied to... He tweeted out the link of the Chris Cuomo interview, and then he had follow-up questions, which I'm assuming are going to be the ones that we're going to hear from regulators, right? Did Robinhood have money lent or used to cover short sellers? If so, admit that you made a bet that put you in liquidity danger and made a decision to hurt your buyers to prevent consequences of your ability to cover your loss. If not, what deposits were you afraid of losing? You say it was a preventative decision and you didn't have a liquid issue, but did you fear having a liquid issue in the future? If so, did you explore every other option for raising funds given the size of your company and the thousands of stock trades? before restricting buying. That's very different from manipulation, I think. It's it's another issue and it's another yes, thing, problem yes, that they might have issue. and it's another legitimate it's a significant like, you know, these you're managing people's money. It's, it's it's one thing to say move fast and break things if you're like handling, I don't know, some I, I guess we can't say with social media now because the democracy was broken for a bit, but but you know, you know, it's a different type. There's there's types of things that you can you can be sort of less careful with, but when you're managing people's money and like buying stocks and stocks or parts of companies, then you know you can't make mistakes like this. There are rules, right? So, but but then, but but then that's not is it? It's not manipulation. It's another issue entirely, right? Right. It's just like you are just a not doing a janky operation. Exactly. You're just right. So, Dad, you are a conservative. Conservatives traditionally. Uh, hold the belief that free markets are the best way to to run an economy. What are your thoughts on what should happen as a result of this debacle? Do you think that Wall Street in general should be looked at and regulated? Is it Robin Hood that needs to be regulated? Or should they round up all of these Redditors and put them in a gulag? What, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> no, they shouldn't round them up. I mean, they're, they're young kids who are having fun and, and making money, I might say, to boot. Um, I, I don't know who should be regulated. I, I, I think uh, somebody dropped the ball allowing this to all get so out of hand. And whether it was Robin Hood or um, the regulators that, over, that allowed Robin Hood to you know, to be licensed. I, I don't know. Somebody needed to but what do you in, what you When you say got out of hand, what do you mean? That people were able to buy stocks easily? I no, I mean it got out of hand that um the market was being manipulated. I mean, maybe it maybe it wasn't their intent to do Who's so. The redditors or Robin Hood? Yeah, the redditors. No, I think I mean, that was their they, intent. Or not all of them, I'm well, sure, but well, I don't I don't know if it was or it wasn't. I'm not going to say, yeah. but the point is they manipulated the market uh-huh. and that's But that's, what's the, that's what's not the difference good. between that like going on Reddit and saying like you know, look, I don't. I also don't think it's a coincidence that these companies have nostalgic value for my generation, right? right? Nokia was the first cell phone that I ever bought. AMC Blackberry. is like the movie. Ch- Blackberry, which is, the, I don't think that any of that stuff is coincidental. But what is the difference between that and having a, a head, a money manager, a hedge fund person go on CNBC and say? Oh, the, you, everyone should ha- look at this company because they're they have great potential and basically pitching 
companies and investments. What's the difference between what these people did on Reddit and what normal people do all the time on cable news? Well, the normal people that you're talking about that do that are not supposed to have a vested interest. So they're not supposed to own the stock they're they're touting. But, you know, if they do, then that should be looked at. Well, um, yeah, Janet he, Janet Yellen, it, 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 it was it came out the other day that she had what is it 800 received $800,000 over the last 2 years from Citadel and uh is going to be you know, more or less, like, have an influence on the way that this whole issue is now regulated. And the, and yeah. she was asked, but the the White House press corps asked the new um, White House press secretary if she would rec- recuse herself, and basically they said no. Uh, you did mention, I believe, yesterday um, that the Treasury secretary is monitoring the situation and she's kind of uh, on top of it. There have been um, some kind of concerns about her uh, previous engagements with Citadel and speaking fees that she has received from Citadel. Are there any plans to have her recuse herself from advising the president on uh, GameStop and the whole Robin Hood situation? Well, just to be clear, what I said was that we have the Treasury Secretary is now confirmed. Obviously, we have a broad economic team. Uh, the SEC put out a statement uh, yesterday that I referred to, but I don't think I have anything more for you on it other than to say separate from the GameStop issue, the Secretary of Treasury is one of the world-renowned experts on markets, on the economy. Uh, It shouldn't be a surprise to anyone she was uh, paid to uh, give her perspective and advice before she came into office. I think it's hard for people like me because I'm financially, in terms of financial markets, pretty much an idiot. But it does just seem like whatever happened on Reddit, the problem for the Wall Street ilk is that it's it's just the composition of the people participating and not the actual thing that they did, which seems to me to not vary much from what happens. Anna, I am I wrong? I don't like, know if there's going to be a case for manipulation. I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know how. I don't know what Nick thinks. I don't know if it's going to be that easy or if they'll even want to prove the case for manipulation. I think it really depends on intent and a lot of like background things. It's It's not as clear cut. But yeah, I, I understand why someone who doesn't follow markets and doesn't follow financial regulation would think like, why is someone just ran- some random person saying, let's buy the stock different. But you know, there are pump and dump pools and, and I, it's nuances and, and it depends. Um, it's, it, I mean, it's always funny with financial kind of issues like this, I find Anna, is that like, you, it's always kind of too late for the regulators to step yeah. in in a way. And you get to these situations where everyone's like, oh, shit, what just happened? And th- that's the thing. Like, uh, having more shorts on a company than there are stocks available wasn't illegal, right? Like, that's yeah. that's fine. And regulators have decided that that is an okay thing to happen. When, you know, you, uh, you look at it and, and from a, like, a you know, just a, a man on the street kind of view, it's like that kind of seems like it's a bit off, yeah. right? So, like we kind of now are kind of dropped in this situation where everyone's like shouting for regulation or shouting for, you know, this, that and the other to happen. But it's, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where that, uh, yeah, that regulatory dust settles, I guess, if it, if it settles on the side of the kind of retail investor or. I think. Um, does anybody know, does anybody know how uh, sophisticated this Reddit group was? I mean, who are these One guy I think was, was, I don't know if he was on Reddit, but there was like the kitty guy who, who it was it used to work 
sort of at Mass Mutual, I think. Yeah, now he's in his basement, that guy in in a Boston suburb, I think. You know, it's it, but it's it's a real like mix of people. It's like you know analysts from hedge funds or whatever probably i mean and this is the other thing you got to understand is i i think like like blackrock for instance you know if you're an intelligent investor you kind of should be tracking this stuff and and kind of investing on on the back of it and like anna said earlier you know and you've said a lot of people are making money off this and also stuff. like let's and not forget like i was reading stories about like hedge funds scouring the internet and social media to find like because they right. were freaking out that their shorts were going to be next like i've been writing about like software to track sentiment on social media for for like 10 years at least like it's not new what i find crazy is that no one was paying attention and i think it's the confluence of like it, it, we can't underestimate the power of something like robin hood and like the historical moment in the fact that so many people are trading now like maybe like five years ago people would have like talked about stocks online but no one was on these platforms because it wasn't as fun and it wasn't as easy to do and there was just less you know single stock retail trading and like it wasn't like a fun thing that like a 19 year old can do on their phone right um so i think it's like a perfect storm really right it's like a number of things it's a social justice issue it's like the unresolved issues from the financial crisis which it's very funny because now like the US find itself with like a with a, an administration which is kind of the same one that came after the first crisis and so it's like back to the future on that and then people that are still upset cuz big things that happened then haven't been solved and then you have like financial technology and all these new platforms and then you have social media and so everything created this like explosion this week where like you were just watching like a stock go up because there were TikTokers talking about it it's just like incredible and i think maybe the the way some of the financial people reacted on 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 CNBC was maybe driven to the fact that it was like a new thing and they couldn't believe what was happening and obviously like you know maybe they 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 will have sounded arrogant and it might have seen from the seem from from the man on the street point of view that they, it was just like them talking down on normal people again right yeah because it's like here's this you know hoity toity a person talking you know in a $3000 suit on cable news who's like been owned by user handle like Bob Marley 69 or whatever, you know, <laughs> like the, there's, there's a class war sort of aspect to this that seems to me anyway, to have resonated way more so than other like class war issues. Um, and in fact, it does remind me a little bit of like all the bloodlust for regulation uh, in the wake of the 2008 financial crisis. Like, if I'm not mistaken, there was really only one bank that ended up being prosecuted uh, in the aftermath of the 2008 crisis, and I think it was some rinky-dink like lender in Chinatown, New York, or something that that they came down on. And I would imagine—I mean, you guys would know better than I do—but I would imagine that the regulators have this political capital now to do something, so they'll go for the low-hanging fruit. If I had to guess, you know, like, and that, and that seems like in this case, maybe it's Robin Hood, but also people on the subreddit, if they can piece together, you know, enough know. evidence to suggest that they committed some sort of financial crime. Yeah, it might be, you know, it would be kind of tragic. I was texting you this week if the ending of all of this is that they like put the, the Redditor in jail for 20 years and then leave everyone else unscathed, you know, but you know, you know, you never know. It just depends what the intent was. Like there's so many things. I, I don't know how much of a case they, they could have. 
I just I just think it really also depends on whether next week we'll see more of this and if, if it starts becoming like you know a major thing that happens every week that just random stocks keep going up uh because someone says so on on twitter right then they might have to come in but i have no idea what on what grounds they would regulate it and how they would regulate it how they wouldn't because it might not be a regulation it might just be a question of enforcement like enforcing existing laws i i, I don't know it's such a new like crazy thing that I saw someone on Twitter say something to the effect of like, you know, if 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 like the system and these uh, giant like companies that hold so much wealth can be like taken down by something as stupid as subreddit. Like, what does that say about how good or valuable the actual structures that that govern our economy are in the first place? I also think and I'm sorry, I'm like hogging. I'm like. Clearly, finally, someone cares what I have to say on anything. So I'm like, just talking. um, I just think it's also like a fun distraction. But like, why? Like, we should be talking about like, shouldn't the focus be on like, whether stimulus will be passed? And like, are there enough vaccines? Like, I I don't know, like focusing on GameStop is like fun. And then like, there's memes, and it's like easy. And it's easy for everyone to say, like, pass regulation for this, do that, and then not really solve the big issues or talk about the big issue right like i don't know i'm, I'm giving uber yeah. skeptical well it's now. like no i agree i think the political system is constipated and that and so and trump's gone yeah, right so like, like you can't talk about him anymore so now we're talking about the, this you know yeah dad what would you like to see come of this whole debacle well i don't know i, I think that they need to somehow resolve it to you know it, you said well it's the system of uh you know, our, our economic system. No, it's not. Our economic, our economic system is sound. It, it's, it just a little antiquated and we're not, nobody is used to this. Like, like, you know, all of these, um, social media platforms that are giving people a chance to, to do these, these types of things. And, and if that, this continues to happen, um, I don't know. It's, something's got to be done. I don't have answers to this. I just know that there's a lot of questions. Um, don't forget, the, the people who hold shares in the market are not all, it's not black and white. They're not all hedge funds, okay? There's a, a large part of the, the stock market is made up of people's retirement funds and um, a lot of middle America. People, you know, just saved their whole lives and and have investments in mutual funds or whatever. And it's all going to be impacted by this kind of stuff. So we've got to, we, our systems have got to come up into the 21st century, I guess. How they do that, I don't know, but they've got to, they've got to be able to put a, put a handle on this. Nick, what do you think? I mean, I think it's interesting with the, with the Robin Hood investor crowd at the moment that, you know, they do have that kind of cachet and that political kind of cachet. I mean, people are talking about them. People are wondering what they can do. And I think, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, it feels like that kind of Trojan horse thing where for the first time, you know, a, a, a large enough group of people are kind of inside the gates, right? And they've kind of got a seat at the table and they're being able to say things and, and, and do things and act a certain way. Um, will that happen every week? Like, like Anna said, I mean, I don't know, but um, I, you know, I doubt it. And I, and like you said, I think there is something beautiful about the the idea that there's you know certain nostalgia 
um, for some of these brands that are getting getting pumped. But I think on a on a, you know from an investing standpoint as well, and it, you see it with stocks like Tesla, which was another kind of popular one uh, amongst the Robin Hood crowd. It's, the the value of the stock has kind of you know, and that's been a big debate with Tesla, and there was a there was a similar kind of issue with the the shorts on Tesla, and Elon Musk kept coming out and saying, you know, kind of railing against these people that had betted against the company. But the the interesting thing I think with Tesla is it's it's not so much you, you don't go through the data of the company or yeah. the earnings reports. It's it's the idea of what the company's yeah. worth in the future, right? And I guess you know, say look at Amazon twenty years ago and the stock's ten dollars and now it's three thousand dollars and People kind of feel that Tesla, you know, is a similar sort of story. But instead of waiting for the stock price to go up to 3000 over 25 years, you know, people are really backing that sentiment to a point where, you know, Tesla and Elon Musk is, the, you know, the richest man on yeah. the planet. And the stock's gone absolutely bananas in the last year. And I think... You know, those kind of nuances and changes to the way that stocks are seen and traded is also something that I think, you know, is pushed by this this crowd on Robinhood where you can have a, a load of people, um, you know, picking a winner in a way. And, and, and as, as to how that kind of plays out, Robinhood, and, and like we kind of briefly discussed earlier, it sells, you know, it, it does its deals through Citadel and through the bigger, the hedge funds. And those hedge funds get to kind of package together the, the purchases from Robinhood and they get to front run them. So they they see the sentiment and they're able to kind of make money off it as well, right? So it's a, it's an interesting thing. And I, is it like postmodern stock trading or something? Who knows? But it is interesting that I think we'll see more and more the idea that, that you know, the sentiment and the belief in the narrative and the belief yeah. in the CEO or something will, will, will drive stock price more than it, it perhaps has in the it's, past. It's like cult investing, right? Like it was Tesla, right. wheat stocks. Crypto, crypto is so much of a cult investment. It's like a belief behind it. And so they tell you, look, there's no project behind it. I, I actually, you know, I reported on this. I see that like they built nothing. Like you don't believe in it. The guy's a visionary. Like there's so much of, and maybe like part of the sentiment is driven like by our generation. And we feel like a bit like we, we, we're just so much is out of our control and you know yeah and on, on, that, on that front i i would say like you know look gold for instance we give gold a value it's had a value throughout human history whatever uh, uh, and now our kind of generation is like well we want bitcoin to have a value you know or or there are people that are jumping on bitcoin and and, and you know ultimately things are given value by us as humans and if if sentiment or meme or troll or whatever you want to call it is driving investment sentiment in the future, then they, hey, that's what it is. Yeah. But. but those are re like real companies. That's the thing that like when it's like a coin that's like digitally created, that's okay. But then you're talking, as you know, Norman was saying, you're talking about real companies with employees and they're like, you know, there's a value to how much money they make at the end of the month. Like it, are they making money or not? Like shouldn't shouldn't fundamentals at some point like actually determine how much the company is worth? Like Yeah, you, yeah but here's I, I look, if there's one takeaway I have from this whole thing that I think is is sort of reinforced uh what I've always assumed, which is you know, when you're a little kid and you learn about stocks, uh, the the idea is, is like, oh, you own whatever it is, one one ten thousandth or one one hundred thousandth of this company, right? So the all the company owns a property the company owns a building the company uh produces x y and z and they have projected sales and projected income and that all determines what you think and what the market determines is the value of the stock i've always kind of 
assumed that a lot of that was hocus pocus bullshit and like not that far removed from the other pseudosciences. Uh, and, and it has a lot to do with marketing and the things we've already talked about, like people going on cable news or writing columns talking about how great this or that company is. Uh, it seems now more true than ever that the idea of what you're saying, Anna, which is that that the the, the price of a stock or the value of, a, of an investment has something to do with a proportion of their actual concrete value. It seems like that hasn't been the case, at least for a very long time. And this is just exposing that bear for all to see, right? Like, I, I think that the idea that the, that Wall Street regulars who pull the levers of these sorts of things normally are somehow, like, making a more responsible decision or giving people more responsible advice, like, I just don't yeah. buy that. I, I guess you have to look. I don't know what Nick thinks, but you also have to look in terms of, like, long-term, right? Like, long-term maybe the daily market moves like no one can really say what's moving it and it might seem irrational and as nick was saying like the stock market has been going crazy and it doesn't reflect at all the reality of like the economy of the, the world economy which is not doing great right so that's clearly already like a giant disconnect but maybe like if you want to be hopeful you can say on the short term this shows that you can just move the price for no reason other than you've decided that you like it um today uh, and that's maybe even what a hedge fund could do, not really looking at what it actually thinks the company is is worth, but maybe like in like let's see what GameStop is worth in ten years. Like if all the if all the shops close and they have to shut down, like you know, will it be like a zombie company that's like has you know you know they'll have lots of money because their shares are worth a lot because Reddit redditors like it, but they, they won't be selling any games like. You know, it's like maybe they'll put like saunas in all of the game stops and everyone who owns like at least 10, 10 shares can go and they give you like a bathrobe and you get to go instead, like soak in the hot yeah. tub. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I would I would do that. I, I feel like this is like a good ending here is like just maybe we could all share our thoughts on like what the big takeaway from from this uh, from this is and, and what it says about like the state of the economy or of, or of people's behavior. I think you're too skeptical about uh, our economy <laughs> and, and uh, our system. But um, I, I think Anna's got it, you know, solid. Um, a company is a company and, you, and it's got to be based on its real value, not its imagined value. Um, you know, but that's never been the people, case, right? Like that's uh, uh, well, this case that we just we're just talking about is just became a, somebody's whim. I mean, you know, and and that manipulated the price, and and that's that's just wrong. Like how many? That's, that's like, just wrong. How, how many people who bought BlackBerry shares are gonna go out and buy a BlackBerry? Like, just they won't, right? So yeah. like. At one point, like yeah. either, like, as you said, they start doing something else because they happen to be worth so much that they have all this money. But like the fundamental reality will be that, you know, what I what I what I think is that it sort of exposed that sometimes price market movements are like people try to ascribe a reason to them. And, you know, I we have to do it in our job. We have to write the market went up today because of, and like you're trying to figuring out why and it make, might make no sense in your head why why that's the reason. And there might be a completely different reason that you don't know. And it might very well be that five guys in a room who own a hedge fund have decided that that's the way the price of something was going to go, right? And I think that exposed that, that you could just have like people decide that something's worth something and, and make it move, right? But then also I just, the main takeaway to me is just like, 
how crazy the world has become and just the power of, again, of social media and its positive and negative, you know, sides. Right? I agree. I agree with you 100%. And I think our, our systems to watch over these markets, the SEC or what have you, regulators, are going to have to come to grips with this. They're going to have to grapple with this and solve it somehow. Yeah, there's definitely, I mean, there's definitely <laughs> something a bit off with what's happened in the last week. But, you know, it's in a weird way, it's kind of like not paying your taxes, right? If if the laws are there and you can, you know, do certain things, like say you've donated to charity and whatever, and, and, and you know, lower your tax bill in, in the same way, it's what's happened in the last week or so. Everyone is playing by the rules, right? It's just that they've realized that if you do something like this, you can... <laughs> make the the fact that there aren't rules in place look really ridiculous exactly exactly so we need new rules if you enjoyed this podcast please consider subscribing we're available on soundcloud the apple podcast app and we're also now available on spotify so click the subscribe button and give us a rating thank you Thanks for having me, Finkelsteins. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you can cut me out all you want. No, no, it was good. I mean, like honestly, it was informative. Yeah, uh, was this informative. you were a big get for this podcast, and we're very grateful <laughs> for all your input. It's because... like women's woman's basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.